everybody. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 60. And on today's episode, we have our friend, IFBB Pro, Brad Rowe. Brad, how you doing? Doing fantastic. How you guys been? It's great to talk to you. Uh, I, I must uh, start out. I love the shirt. Uh, it's it's the best. Um, Chuck Zito, who's uh, buddies with Mike Tyson, had these made up for us. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, why did you choose that shirt for us? I'm sure you got a bunch of cool ones. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of the first thing that I found this morning when I was rushing out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Try to make it about us. Why did you choose this shirt for us? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking badass. It's the king and the greatest. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> I love it. So uh, um, let, let's start out. Obviously, uh, I, I've known you for years, man. I remember we did the North Americans together. Um, were we all on stage together at one point? Yes. I yeah. Think it was yeah. Probably was it a couple times. <laughs> 2012, yeah. 2013? I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. 2012 or 2013. I was at both. So we were yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. 2012 went really good for me. You were a heavyweight that year, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 2013 yeah. is the or 2012 was the year that Brad should have turned pro, but some weird shit with the way the judging worked. Yeah, that, that was that was 13. Yeah, 13. Okay. Yeah, that was a that was a wild year, but whatever. I got it later. Yeah, yeah. So I got to give you credit. I always give you credit. One of the things I always say about you, Brad, is um, you were one of those guys where when they first started giving second place pro cards, there was a little bit of like people kind of saying like, oh, well, what's good of a second place card? And then you took your second place pro card and you went to the fucking Olympia. The next year. And it just <laughs> shut. It was just, I loved it. I just fucking loved it. Because, you know, I always said like, it is so vicious trying to get a pro card at that point in time. You know, the yep. 90s and 2000s. Into the 2000, like four, it was kind of right up till 2014, 2015. It was really fucking hard. And, and, um, I always say it doesn't matter how you fucking get it, it's what you do with it. Right. Exactly. Yep. I mean, you know, people used to bitch about people getting North American, uh, pro cards in general. Then <laughs> you got someone like Sean Roden who won an Olympia there. I think yeah. Dexter won his at North Americans, correct? Yes. And he's the yep. most successful bodybuilder ever. So, you know, it's, it's, it's about just getting that opportunity. And, you know, one thing that I always tried to do when I turned pro is beat every motherfucker that beat me and got their pro cards before me. And I was pretty <laughs> successful at that. A couple of guys I didn't get to knock off, um, <laughs> whether it be for certain circumstances. But almost everybody that, that turned pro ahead of me as I was coming up through the ranks, I've beaten in the pro ranks. So Yeah. No, you, you really did uh, uh, really did prove yourself. I gave you an enormous amount of credit that year. You even tore your quad that year, didn't you? Like the Olympia, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I saw you at the Sacramento show, wasn't it? Sacramento, yeah, yeah. your leg was kind of swollen and you were it limping was, around. Looked like a ground up bag of shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many shows did you do that year? You got you collected points uh, five shows, I think, wasn't it? I did uh, seven shows in total, but I only needed points from like the first five. The last two were just kind of like I don't know, just throwing myself out there. You know, you know how it is with the seat. Just because it's like, easy. Just I see like, yeah, just keep going, just keep going. You know, right, right, right. I'm, I, you know, I'm not gonna kill you. 
Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we all have that in common, too. Aceto uh, helped you get your pro card, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I worked with Chris for uh, three and a half years, four years almost. Yeah, so we all we all worked with Chris uh, for that experience. So it, uh, I think um, there's sort of like a funny thing with all the guys that turned pro with Aceto. It didn't matter if you... If turn if you, you you got your card in in Canada or the States or Europe or Germany or wherever the fuck you were, if you turn pro with the Cedo, there's kind of a little bit of a brotherhood from that era there of guys. You know, <laughs> there, we all sort of give each other the thumbs up and you know, uh we all knew about, you know, the muffins and we all knew we, we all got the inside jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was uh one of the most unique people ever to work with. Just his his character, his charisma was Second to none of any other coach I've ever worked with. What uh, what what coaches ha- have you worked with that you've learned stuff from over the years, Brad? Uh, you know, I really I just went from Chris. I was with Dave Kalick before Chris, and then I worked with Matt Jensen for a couple of years, and then I started doing my own nutrition uh, in the last three years. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really bounced around a lot, but you know, picked a little bit from here and there. Yeah. Um, the obvious I'm kind of holding off. We started out talking about the shirt, um, but we got to talk about the Mike Tyson stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just give us the rundown. Like, how did you meet? Oof. How did you, I, I mean, I know you told me already that it was just a crazy collision of stuff that got you into Mike Tyson's world. And uh, now you're his trainer. So just, yeah, give us a rundown. Yeah. So um, I have these clients in Malibu. That's just what I actually just came from today. And, um, they are partnering with Tyson to create this wellness center and a bunch of other endeavors. The, the husband's doing this wellness center in Antigua and one in Palm Springs with them. And the wife is actually going to be doing a docu-series with Tyson, um, after his fight, they're going to be flying all around the world to all these different shamans and all these different, uh, doctors and use all medicine and peyote and all this stuff and, and make Mike go through this journey and film everything. Um, so they had a pretty strong connection and, and Mike was just bitching about his back and his shoulder. And, um, uh, my client Damien was like, listen, he's like this, this machine, this guy has is, is fucking phenomenal. He's like, he's helped me, uh, you know, get back from a stage five AC separation and all these other injuries and kept me on track, allowed me to do all this. He, he gets in shape to do like these crazy hunts where he gets dropped off by airplane in the Arctic circle and literally just killed a fucking grizzly bear with a bow last week. Yeah. Um, you know, as he's getting hunted down by other bears and that's the type of shit he does. So I get a text one day and he's like, yo, he's like, Mike wants to meet you. He's like, come over. I'm like, all right. So I cancel all my clients, drove over to El Segundo <laughs> and, uh, I show up and, and Mike's fucking high as a kite, fucking fucked up on mushrooms. I walk in and I get the machine and he's like, who's this motherfucker? He's like, you swat, how the fuck did you get that big? And I'm like, this thing right here. He's like, what the fuck's that do? So I put him through like a quick little rehab session. He was so fucked up. He didn't even remember it. He woke up the next day and was like, why does my shoulder feel good? And they're like, you don't remember that guy with the machine? He's like, no. He's like, bring him back. So I came back the next day. And then, you know, this is like around uh, January, February. And, you know, for a few months until COVID hit, I was working on him twice a week, just doing rehab. And then everything shut down. And he kind of went MIA for a little bit. And then he screwed his back up. So that first video that he posted of him boxing, um, looking like a maniac, he fucked his back up so bad and was bedridden. So I get a call. I had to go to his house. He's in his bed and his whitey tighties can't move and do a rehab session on him. And, uh, we picked up rehab again. And then I was, one day I was like, Hey Mike, let me work on you before you go in the ring and box. 
Let me warm up all your joints, your hips, your back, your, your shoulders. So I put him through this little protocol. He gets in the ring within like 45 seconds. Him and his boxing coach are just like, holy shit. He's moving so much faster, so much smoother. He feels so much more confident. So then I was going every day just to warm him up for like 15, 20 minutes before he got in the ring to box. And I kept giving him, I'm like, you're going to try weight training on this. And he looks at me. He's like, well, you're lucky. My strength coach just moved to Arizona, took a job down there. He's like, you're not my strength and conditioning coach. And then boom, he just started coming to my house. I had built out my home gym. So I'm with him five days a week, warming him up. And then he takes about an hour and a half break after he finishes boxing and he comes to my house and I weight train him. Nice. Oh, man. So what was it like when you were first like I've heard that when you're around Mike Tyson in a like a personal setting, I've heard there's just this energy that comes off of him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the most, uh, you know, I mean, obviously working with Mike Tyson is, is a cool experience. But getting to know Mike Tyson is is truly one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in life. He's a really intelligent, in-depth, he's a very loving, loving, caring human being. Um, you know, one of the one of the best stories I can tell is, um, you know, as you guys know, I just recently went through a divorce. And like literally right after my wife asked for a separation, I had to go to the Bahamas with them for the Shark Week thing. And there was just one night that like, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm crying my eyes out there. Him and his wife are crying their eyes out, hugging me and holding me and like just trying to make me feel better about the whole thing, you know, and then like that's just that's a side that people don't know Mike Tyson. You know, he has a huge heart. He cares for everybody, Um, you know, so it's it's been such an amazing journey just to get to know him on, on a personal level. What what about uh, getting your name mentioned on Rogan? That's kind of that's got to be good exposure. Are you a little busy now? Did, you, did your phone start ringing after that happened? It was it was pretty crazy, you know. Especially when Rogan's like, "Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that." I'm like, "Nope, ninety nine point nine percent. You've never heard of me, but you just made me sound so much cooler." So you know that was <laughs> that, that was that was an amazing experience. And, I think and, I think I think Joe is a helpful guy that way. Right. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he's he's a very good dude with that stuff. But but did you 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 must have had did you have anybody else kind of oh, high I mean, profile I, contact you? not really high profile out of that, but just a lot of like average everyday people that are hitting me up and, and I'm so busy right now that I, I can't take on anybody else. Um, but as far as like the high profile thing goes, just through these connections that I've made, I have so much shit happening. Like today I got to work on Anthony Kiedis, the uh, lead singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers through the same people that connected me with Tyson. Um, they had him over his house, over their house this morning. I worked on him, his shoulders all messed up. And he was absolutely blown away. So he's going to start working with me three days a week. When I go to Malibu to work on them, he'll come over to their place and I'll work on him then. Um, I have these people from NBC coming tomorrow to do a docu-series on my home gym and how I've converted my entire business and, and you know created the Death Road Gym. Uh, and I've had Esquire Magazine articles done. I've did, had Inside Edition come to my house and film some stuff. Uh, there's a chance I might be working on Saquon Barkley to help him recover from his uh, ACL surgery. So, you know, it's just it, sometimes I just got to pinch myself and be like, how is this happening? You know, it's just it's wild. <laughs> it, it's amazing. Um, I'm sure when COVID hit and, you know, I mean, you, you're a Gold's Gym alumni guy. Yeah. I mean, you're, you, you lived there for how many years were you just there every single day? Ten fucking years every day seven days a week for a minimum of 10 hours a day. So, Jesus. So, so take us through, through your experience with, you know, the gym shutting, because for all of us, that's our life. I mean, I own a gym, 
So obviously that impacted me. Yeah. Um, but you, 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 you basically, you know, your entire business and existence revolved around being inside Gold's Venice. So when that went away, what was the immediate sort of reaction? You know, I think like everybody, we're like, oh, it's just 15 days to flatten the curb. You know, this, this, this <laughs> is the greatest that, lie ever told. Right. This, this is <laughs> the new that, greatest lie ever told. Yeah. yeah. This isn't that bad. Um, but my one of my the shoulder clients, hurts anyways. Right. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, you know, one of my clients um, who's a, a high end dentist uh, and he's also been my training partner for a while now. He was like, listen, man, I got to stay active. Let's let's do something. So I was like, so it, when everything shut down right, I was like, all right, I'll buy a Bowflex. You know, it's cheap. It's something convenient. We can get a full body workout in because I didn't know how long this was going to last. Mm-hmm. And then as things started to look worse, uh, you know, I, I just started procuring pieces of equipment. And my gym was just filled. My, my garage was just filled with a bunch of junk for my ex-wife. And so I made her go through and sort everything. And, you know, over like a two month span, I ended up building out, you know, this this home gym. I spent about $40,000 in equipment. I've got everything you could ever possibly need. Um, and then the people from Malibu, you know, hit me up with after like two weeks into COVID um, and they wanted me to come out there because w- the husband was coming to see me at Gold's and he's like, hey, he's like, you know, how would you like to come out here? You know, come train us three days a week, me and my wife in the mornings. Um, and I get paid a pretty penny to do that. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. You know, it's a 50 minute drive there and back, but I make good money. Um, and then slowly just started, people started to feel a little more secure to come over and, you know, ended up building out my business again, you know, out of my house. And, and, you know, like I said, it ended up being fortunate because someone like Mike Tyson isn't going to train at a gold's gym. He yeah. wants kind of some privacy. I've got, you know, this porn star, ex porn star girl, that's pretty famous. Same thing. She doesn't want to train out of a normal gym. So I train her here. And then, you know, through word of mouth, I've got a couple of collegiate athletes that I'm working with, getting them ready for, for sports. Um, and then a few of my regular clients that, that started coming over here and, you know, it was, it was amazing. I, I didn't think I'd like training out of a home gym, but, um, you know, everything's right here. I wake up, walk out my door, do my morning cardio. You know, there's, there's no dead time. Like if a client canceled on me at Gold's, I'm stuck there for a fucking hour waiting in front of the client to show up here. I just go in my house, eat a meal, play with my dogs, do something like that. Um, you know, so it's, it's really been beneficial for me and, you know, making more money now. And I'm traveling less. Now, the Malibu thing kind of sucks still, but it's such good money. I can't pass it up. But, um, you know, my, my day-to-day life is so much less stressful than it is going to Gold's Gym. I think, I think a lot of people fell into that with, with COVID where when it first went down, it was a big, oh, shit. And now things have tweaked. You know, I mean, it's the same. The gym I go to when I first started going there, he just, when COVID happened, he's like, here's your keys. Come and go as you please. I know we're closed. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> now when I go to a big gym, I'm like, oof. Right. So much shit. There's so many people like Ugh. this is my little spot. And, yeah. uh, and and now a lot of people I know are doing exactly what you did, even just for themselves. Like, you know, looking at saying, well, instead of buying a space for a gym, what if I buy a house that has an RV garage and build a gym? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and then you now, now you have your clients paying off your mortgage. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the beneficial part about it. I mean, you still miss, uh, you know, like there's there's two gyms in the LA greater area that are remaining open. They're just telling the city, the, the state parents to go fuck themselves. Right. So like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm recently divorced and I'm lonely and I'm, you know, so I'll go to this other gym and it's an absolute nightmare to even train in cause it's so busy, but I'll go there and do cardio and I'll go stretch just to kind of like be around people because I just, I am so secluded so much yeah. throughout most of my day. So, you know, I, I do miss a little bit of that, you know, human aspect of things. Um, but as far as efficiency, like 
I'm, I'm, especially with a newbie, like I'm training clients and they're done in 30 minutes. Right. You know, yeah, like Dexter, Dexter fucking loves it here because he's like, we're in and out in 35 minutes max where it's like he leaves his car running right 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 where it's like where it's like you know an hour and a half two hours typically when he used to train with charles and try to wait for equipment at golds and things like that so you're just you're so much more efficient what's uh you know looking back on the 10 years you spent at, at golds venice what what would be the things that you miss about it right now uh right now Nothing. <laughs> um, you know, to say, the Gold's Venice he used to go to is not the Gold's Venice right. there it's, now. It's, so. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I miss, uh, you know, one of the squat press machines, maybe, uh, you know, maybe maybe a nice Nautilus. <laughs> Specific in, inclined, machines. <laughs> right, a nice Nautilus inclined chest press. Um, but, you know, not having to deal with people on a daily basis, just especially the morons that would go there. It just like just suck the life out of you at times. Um, and to be honest with you, the girls that are going to this new gym are hotter than the ones that were going to golds. So, <laughs> on my, on my mornings off, Not I just shoot a over there. Bad situation. Yeah. Every, every once in a while, if like Mike cancels on me in the middle of the day, I can, I can go actually train with Dexter and we'll go to coast and go train and just look at a bunch of cute chicks. And, you know, so it's. No, I saw I'm, I saw your post the other day that you're like waiting for any dumbbell between 20 and 45. Yeah, like yeah. 20 and 70, like 20 anything. 20 and 70, yeah. Anything. Think, like, what do you got? <laughs> right, right. I'll figure something out. I don't care. But you know, it's it's just one of the, like, and, and again, I'm like I'm in a retired phase of my life, so it's like, you know, I still train balls out. But if I don't go crazy on a workout, it's not the end of the world for me. You know, that's that's what I'm trying to find that balance on. Like this morning, I usually seven days a week, I wake up and I do fasted cardio and it just kind of gets me going. And my boys came in town last night, yesterday, and they're here for three days. And, you know, we went out and had a couple drinks and ate some pizza and shit and watched the game. And I had to be in Malibu early this morning. So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to sleep in a little bit, you know. So it's just it's those things in life that I'm trying to just slow down. I mean, I'll, I'll still look great and I'll put that 90 percent in. But, you know, if I miss a workout here and there or if I miss a cardio session or if I go have a drink here and there, I'm not going to stress about it anymore. Right. I love that that's the segue, though, because it's something Ron and I have touched on a ton that's that's changed. And, I, and this is so bad because it makes us sound like the old guys. But like the era has changed a ton where it used to be. And, you know, I mean, Brad and I used to train when, when Cormier used to train me. Like yeah. the goal was, is there any way to make this harder? Is there right. any way to, is there any possible thing I could do to make this more torturous so I could be that much better? Right. And now all I ever hear is, well, I heard I can get in shape without cardio. Right. I heard I can, and I'm like, <laughs> why are we trying to make, like, what, when did it start becoming the goal to make it easier, not better? Right, right. And, so, and you know what? That's, um, and again, I'm with you, Dusty. Dusty, you, you know, you're one of the hardest training motherfuckers out there. You know, the, the effort you put in day in and day out, it's crazy. And and I used to be like that too. And I used to just absolutely demolish the shit on myself. And, you know, if I, if I couldn't crawl out of the gym, then I, then I didn't work hard enough. Right. Um, but you know, I just, once, once I found the newbie and once I hit a point where I'm like, I realized that that bodybuilding wasn't my total end goal, you know, I, I, I have succumbed to that. Hey, training on the newbie, I'm in and out quick. I don't have to destroy my body. I still look just as good. My workouts are even more efficient and I don't have to kill myself anymore. So you know, how, how, how does, how does it actually work? Um, I mean, we haven't really touched on the tech. I mean, everyone knows it's an, uh, a muscle stimulator. It's, so so it's, it's not a muscle stimulator. It's a, it's a neurological device. So okay, we're actually okay. stimulating the nervous system. So what we're doing is we're sending a DC current. So all of those complex machines and all that other bullshit, 
is AC current. And all AC current does is affect the motor firing unit in the muscle. So all that does is forcibly cause a contraction of the muscle. You right. have no control. Yeah. This, this is voluntary control. So we put pads on the body parts that we want to train. We send this signal that mimics our body's nervous system signal. And as we contract, it enhances our own signal that we're sending to elicit a 90 to 95% muscle fiber recruitment. Whereas the most elite athletes in the world are lucky if they get 60 to 65% muscle fiber recruitment. Mm -hmm. So you're just making things so much more efficient. And on top of that, you're improving neurological function of that muscle. So the next time you train without it, you're going to get a better connection, you know, and you're reducing your risk of injury as well. So like the first time you train on it, I, I, both of you, I could put you through just a body weight leg workout and you'll be fucking crippled for a week. Literally yeah. cannot walk. Everything will hurt on you so bad because it's that efficient because you have all these dormant muscle fibers that haven't been recruited in so long that you've now activated and woken up and utilized. So when you first start, you're, you know, you're literally putting like 40% effort in and then you can gradually build up. I'm to a point where I can, you know, I can go back to balls out fucking leg pressing as much as any machine can handle and all that shit because my body's adapted to it, but it takes a long time to adapt to get to that point where you're back to training with that 100% intensity without putting yourself in rhabdo. Yeah, I had, uh, I actually worked on, I've, I've used it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, the first time what was cool was, um, they did the testing where essentially they found parts of my body that just weren't doing shit. Yep. Yep. And then it's amazing, Ron, because what's nice about it is I hate things where they're like, oh, just trust me down the line. You'll see it. He's like, okay, do X, Y, Z. So you do something. Then he let the machine do its thing. This wasn't even a workout. This was just getting my body to move. Right. Then he does the machine. He goes, okay, now do it. And you're like, oh. He's like, I just ba basically in layman's turn, he goes, I just told those muscles they should work again because they haven't been doing shit. Yeah. And so then, you, you know, when your head tells you that, you're like, well, how, so how much of my body has that? And he's like, it would take weeks to fix all of it. Right, right. And, then, <laughs> and from and from a therapy, because this device was made as a therapeutic device. It wasn't, they they adapted it for performance-based training. So from like a therapeutic standpoint, like you said, we, we scan around, we look for those neurological deficiencies. As we're scanning over healthy tissue, uh, mechanoreceptors receive the signal that they understand because it's our own system, it's our own signal. And they'll kind of contract and react. But when we go over tissue that can't fire efficiently, it creates a pain response. So the body tries to protect itself. And the way the body protects itself is it shortens tissue. So all of a sudden we're scanning, scanning, boom. Now it feels like you're getting stabbed by a knife. So that tells us where there's a deficiency. We pad up all those areas, send a signal through there. And from therapy, the underlying signal we're sending is actually telling tissue to relax and release. Right. And you're increasing blood flow and nutrient flow to the area. So you're going to rehab from injury about 40% faster than traditional modalities. You know, as opposed to the complex type stuff, which is actually just shortening tissue, creating more damage than 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 you already have there. So right. those type of AC current machines are just absolute garbage. I've I've got I've I've talked about this before. I've got like on my my left or my right calf, I've got like a little bit of Dennis Wolf going on where my inside head has just like shrunk. Yeah. And like. I don't know. I had fucking MRI and they said there's nothing wrong with me. And, you know, no one could just no one knows what to do. I've done a million Graston passes over it and yeah, massage. I mean, and have you seen that with the, like, have you worked on those type of things with the newbie? Yeah. So uh, I actually have a bet with Dexter right now. Um, I told Dexter that I guarantee he's been avoiding training calves of me. I told him I guarantee I can put two inches on his calves between the other day and the Olympia. And if I win, Dexter's never been drunk before in his life. 
If I win, I'm getting him fucking piss drunk after the Olympia, so much so that I'm going to carry him back to his hotel room, and I'm going to hold his head while he pukes his brains out. And if and if I and if I lose, I'm giving up half my pay. I told him I'll give up half what he has to pay me for the year. Really? So, it's, a, yeah. it's a pretty strong feeling. You're going to be just fine, and uh, we just got to pick the alcohol, huh? Okay. What, one session. One session. We grew a half an inch already. Wow. So, so what if I He's just like come shit? And, <laughs> I just come and live in your garage for a couple of weeks because I've always yeah. dreamed of having calves. We'll, we'll blast them, baby. We'll blast them. You got you. I mean, what, 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 what you have there is you, you have some nerve damage. There's there's some yeah. nerve impingement, whether it's stemming from your spine or maybe through your knee. There's some nerve impingement, so it's never going to fire. No matter how many fucking calf raises you do, it ain't going to work. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. You see a lot of that, like you know how. Uh, when your friend buys a white car, you start noticing the other white cars because your friend just bought one. It's yeah. like when you get an injury, like let's say, you know, you get a, like a little bit of a bicep tear and you think your bicep looks a little different. Now you start seeing it in every other bodybuilder. Yeah. You start like looking through pictures of shows and you're like, oh, that guy had the same injury as me. And, that, yeah. and it's stuff that no one else even sees. Right. But I notice on a lot of bodybuilders, older guys, I see the inside head of the calf faded you know faded away sort of yeah and so it's not an uncommon thing at all and no one talks about it you know dennis wolf wasn't the only one to lose a calf i mean dexter's calves changed over time ronnie's inside head of his calves were kind of gone yeah flex wheeler never really got the inside heads to do much you know and you always wonder if there was like if it's actually kind of a common nerve thing over time yeah, I mean, it makes sense, you know, because that that nerve is going to pass the inside of your knee and we get a lot of wear and tear. And as you start to get compression within that knee, when you start losing uh, cartilage in there, things yeah, will kind of compress. Spaces down start getting yeah, yeah, you close those, yeah, you start closing those spaces off and you and you lose neurological function. How, what about lats? Have you seen that on the, you know, the older bodybuilders, a lot of them lose the lower lats? Yeah, so I, I have a bad lower left flat for sure, and, I, and I've seen some some pretty good improvement. You know, like I said, the, the newbie's great. I, th- I think its best asset is these older bodybuilders, these older people that, that start to lose that neurological function. When you're younger and you're kind of fresh, it can help a little bit, um, but I, I've seen the, the biggest changes in someone like Dexter's legs. Um, now we're training his whole up, his whole body on it this year. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how much he changes from there. And then I have another client that's 48 years old, that in six months he went from looking like a bag of shit to uh, pretty much almost won his pro card. He, he had a, a a tie and they did a, a tiebreaker and he ended up losing to to the other guy, oh. you know. But you know, six months on that, you know, a guy that that couldn't bench press, couldn't squat because his knees and shoulders are so bad to looking phenomenal within six months. So with older people, it's 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 such a, a huge help. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's got more, I mean, for, and I, and I love that I'm still not going to, I refuse to call myself the older guy, but, uh, because the muscles aren't having any issues yet, it's what I've helped notice with it is the connection. Like I can always hack squat a billion pounds, right. but now I can actually feel which muscles are doing it. Right. Right. And that just tells me, okay, yeah, it's a still, it's the same shit ton of weight, but I have to believe if I can feel it better that it's working better. Yeah, exactly. My muscle you know? connection, you know? That's all and we want to do. That's something where you know when you're doing an extension, like of course you feel your fucking quads. It's the only right, thing. Right, but right. when you can actually tell, like it's kind of like when you're smoked for a prep. You know when you're so exhausted, you can feel which muscles are walking you. Yeah. It's this. Yeah. You get that connection if you use the the newbie long enough. Where 
when you're coming up, you're like, oh, that was glute. Okay, now we're into ham. Okay, now we're into quad. Like as you're pushing up your warm up sets, it's kind of freaky. Yeah. How many how 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 many uh, guys out there? have the newbie like like you do and are using it the you know totally know what they're doing with it and have been properly trained on it like is it it's still relatively new and hard to find i have answers for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm the i'm the originator um it's it's still pretty hard to find you know because it's it's a pricey device it's eighteen thousand dollars you know and and you you need to be a little educated to know how to do it and you can really hurt people if you don't know what you're doing um you know, I've sold a decent amount of devices in, in the Southern California area. Um, you know, you've got Derek Farnsworth down in San Diego that has one. Um, there's a guy that travels between California and, uh, and Arizona, Don Pelosi that That's has one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, those, those, those are kind of the, the, the bigger names and, and then just some other random people have them. Uh, Sean Roden just got one for him and Laura Lee for their own personal use, not for, not for business type or anything like that, but just to help themselves out. Um, so it's, it's slowly expanding, you know, it'll take time because not a lot of people can cough up $18,000, especially in our industry. Everybody's fucking poor. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do that. (laughs) I've, uh, I've got a bunch of questions. I threw up an Instagram, uh, post using the, uh, wonderful modeling shot that you sent me for that purpose. New phases in life, buddy. New phases in life. Yeah. New phases in life. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, uh, one of the questions was just, you know, people obviously, you know, this is a hardcore show. They want to know how to get fucking huge, you know? What What do you think are, like, looking back, what do you think contributed the most, you know, the basic principles that you you, you used in the gym that you think contributed the most? You know, Dusty's a DC guy. You know, that, sort of, that was kind of a Dorian-influenced bodybuilder. Um, yeah. You know, wh- what do you think worked the best for you? Uh, for me, um you know, kind of along that Jay Cutler principle of, uh, you know, I'm doing reps within that 10 to 12 range with some pretty heavy weight, but I'm keeping, you know, my volumes really high. I'm doing like four working sets. I'm doing fucking four or five exercises per body part with very little rest time. You know, I felt for me, that was, that was probably the most beneficial. Um, you know, everybody always asks me about my legs. Obviously there's a, a, a genetic portion to that, but when I was younger, you know, from like, 13 years old, I was thrown at a squat bar and just loved to fucking squat. And I would squat until I was puking and shitting myself at the same exact time. You know, and, <laughs> and, and literally, man, I want every single fucking leg day. If I wasn't on the toilet with a fucking trash bar in front of me, puking and shitting at the same time, I wasn't working hard enough. You who, know, who threw you at a squat bar? Uh, my older cousin is like my big brother. He was a senior in high school and I was 13 and uh, I went in and like, outlifted all the seniors in high school and from there on out i was like his little pet project who just pushed me when i was younger and then it's just you know just that became a mentality and you know that's how i approached training was if, if you weren't puking after every single session you just weren't training hard enough you know and then i carried that through most of my career and thankfully i'm over that shit now but <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say you're over because now you're putting it into your new no. career it's just not puke right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that hard work never goes away brad yeah, 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 that's just, you know, that's the addiction and, that we really have, truthfully. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, truly, that's I mean, that's you know, people ask, why do you love training? Why do you love bodybuilding? I love, I love just pushing myself as hard as I could. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't one of those guys that like pushing off season. I, you know, uh, a lot of it was due because 
of off the stage me to be successful in the acting and everything else that I've done, me being fucking 280 pounds and fat and bloated wasn't going to book me work and wasn't going to give me those right. other opportunities that led me to this. So I always stayed in shape, but I loved, I did so many shows because I just loved pushing myself. I love that suffering. I always say that uh, I'm, I'm happiest when I'm on my, my most miserable. And that's a fucking shitty way to live, but it's, it's just how it is. <laughs> it works for you. <laughs> yeah. What, what was your, uh, your first real acting gig? And then what's been the biggest thing that you've done? Uh, my first commercial I ever booked was like, literally like everything just kind of fell on my plate really fast. I wasn't even in the bodybuilding or fitness world. Um, I just got found by some online agency and all of a sudden, like within a week I booked muscle and fitness. And then a week later I booked a huge GNC ad campaign. And then I went down to New York city to do a photo shoot and there ended up being a audition for a CarMax commercial. And I ended up booking that. Um, and then I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, fucking good at this. So I'm going to put med school on hold for a little bit. And I moved to New York city and just got into, you know, then he was like, Hey, you should compete because if you compete, you might be good at a sponsorship. So I started prepping for a show and I went to his house one day and I took a huge shit and I came out and I hit a huge vacuum and he's like, Oh, universal is trying to do this seventies throwback. Look, let me send your photos to them. Boom. Two weeks later, I signed a contract with them and then I finally <laughs> competed and I was just like, so it was just, it's, it was crazy. It was just a, a, a crazy roller coaster ride. Um, then Ed Connors found me and was like, Hey, you need to come to California. He flew me out here competed, uh, one ended up moving out here. Um, and then, you know, obviously the commercial industry out here is a lot better than New York city. So then I've, you know, I've booked over 35 national commercials in, in 10 years. Um, I actually have an audition, a, a second callback today between me and I believe Cali muscle. They're trying to figure out who they want, um, for another big commercial. So, you know, still going strong. Um, I haven't done any like real acting stuff. Um, a couple of years ago, I was really frustrated with just being a personal trainer and, and bodybuilding in general. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to pursue acting. Um, you know, a lot of producers and directors and stuff said I was really good at understanding direction and, and really great facial features. And, and they really think I could be like a lead man type. And I just really started thinking about like, fuck that. I don't want to be famous. I don't want to fucking like, even if you're lucky enough to book work, you're on set for weeks and months on time. 16 hour long days. And then if you are blessed enough to, to be a big name, then you have no fucking life. Like you want to be the rock as cool as that sounds. You can't fucking do anything. You have no life. And that's not what I want. My success for me isn't about personal endeavors. My success is about creating a future for my family and, and creating more than I ever had. I came from a poor family and I want to be able to create success so that my children can have a much better life than I have and leave them something so that they can build upon. And that's, that's truly what success is to me. So I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going down that road. Right. <laughs> I got a question here. Um, how has your view on life changed since you became single? Um, it's still the same, you know, it's, it's still the same shit I want. Like uh, my, my boys are in town, like, Oh, you know, get on this dating app, do this, do that. Like, you know, I, I joke about it like, my man, I grew up in this in this fitness industry and I was 100% faithful to the same woman for nine years and I passed up so many women and I'm like, I'm going to go live it up. But you know what? That that doesn't appeal to me. You know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to heal emotionally. For me, I want family and that, that's the most heartbreaking thing about all of this was I wanted, we were talking about having kids this fall and that's, that's like I said, that's my only measure of success in life. So for me, you know, I just... I, I want to find someone that I can, that I can love and create a life with, you know, I'm not going to 
go whoring around or be a serial dater that just that doesn't appease me at all. I'm a, I'm a fucking grown ass man at this point, and I want grown ass man things. So As you, you um, said you said nine years. So um, the the dating scene uh, I imagine has changed a lot in the last nine years. <laughs> oh, it's like yeah. I mean, then you add COVID into the mix, and it's like totally different. Like. So I, the other day, I, uh, funny story, I was like, you know what? One of my boys like, you really get it on Bumble. It's this cool app. Like the girls will flirt with you. He's like, just just get out. Like you don't have to hook up. Like, just go on a date. It'll make you feel better about yourself. I sign up. This girl shoots me down. She's like, are you open-minded? I'm like, um, I'm on a dating app. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and she's like, that doesn't answer your question. Are you open-minded? And I'm like looking at her photos. I'm like, could it be a transvestite? Could it not be? Like, I don't, I don't want to say yes. I'm open-minded. And then you'd be like, okay, let's hook up. Then you have how open-minded? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Like, I'm also not closed-minded either. I mean, my dad was gay. I'm a fucking bodybuilder. Like, I, I definitely don't tip, live a typical lifestyle. I support. Everything. Right, right. But no, I'm not open-minded. If you had a dick or you had balls at some point in your life. <laughs> so literally, I just I deleted the app. I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm on there for one day. He's like, I'm out. One question, I'm out. Like, wasn't supposed to be difficult, right? You scared me this way. Hi, how are you doing? How's your day? What are your, you know? Let's ask some normal shit. So yeah, (laughs) you don't know her favorite color or if she has a dick. This is tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hey, you're the one who lives in LA. I know. I know. You know? Oh, that's freaking awesome. That's that's the one thing I love about LA is I used to tell people the great thing about going in Gold's Venice is we're the normal ones. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm the most normal dude in that place, no matter what time it is. I'm like the hard, the hardcore bodybuilders are the least degenerate. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. In the room. That's it's, that's no, stretch. It's, it's wild out here. You know, I, I the weather's amazing, and you know this lifestyle that I live. It's it's hard to to do that anyplace else, and the money I make. That's what keeps me here. Outside of that, the people, everything else, just kind of sucks. Where, do, where would you see it? And yeah. let's say let's say with your ultimate goal, and this just came to my brain. Um, would the goal be to you know reach the level of success where you could take the family elsewhere, or do you think you'd grind it out just because that's where the magic is for you? As Can long you do as you the could? Joe Rogan and move to Texas. Yeah, you know, so um, I would say I have this uh, performance center that I'm opening, and I have some absolutely amazing investors and business partners there. They're billionaires, but not only that, but they're just really down to earth people and they and they are 100 percent all into my passion and my my dream. So, you know, we'll have this place open. We're hoping by like April, May next year. And we want to open up in different markets. You know, we're going to do about 18 months proof concept and we're going to and they want to expand. Um, so, you know, five years down the road from now, if all goes plan, I'm going to be worth a fucking hell of a lot of money. And I can live wherever I want. Um, you know, I always said when I had kids, I want them to have to grow up in the Northeast as much as I don't want to fucking deal with snow again. I think it just adds character, you know, when you got to fucking <laughs> shovel ice off your door handle just to even fucking start your car to shovel the three inches of ice off your window to drive to school in the morning oh, or to so drive Canadian. to work. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I'm a New, I'm New Hampshire guy, so I'm not that far from you. So, you know, it's just... <laughs> I think that it, it just adds character that you just don't get in this uh, 70 and sunny every day. Life is nothing but butterflies and rainbows, L.A. lifestyle. It's it's funny because Chris used to say that. I don't know if you ever saw it. He was like the the uh, the East Coast bodybuilders are just different. So he, he said that enough on like shows and stuff. One time I uh, 
I posted a, a, a video on my Instagram and I tagged him like, Chris, look at this shit. And it was like a breeze and you could see like some, <laughs> some tree leaves falling. I'm like, I yeah. have to go out in this mess. <laughs> it's 92. I mean, wrong, you see like, that leaf? Right. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I've, I've met some, I met some really hardworking people, you know, some, some down to earth people that are, that are West coasters, but they're, they're definitely far and few in between. And, uh, yeah, no, I agree. you know, it's at gold's gym. It's just funny. Like just by, circumstance like you start chatting with someone else and you hit it off and you're like where are you from they're like oh i'm from massachusetts oh i'm from here i'm from the, you know they're all northeast guys and we all just end up congregating together you know it's just that that personality just clicks yeah no i see that i, I find the same with all the east coast when i see someone that's really blunt and i like them i, I just wait and i'm like so is it new york or where, where you <laughs> right yeah which, which one which one <laughs> you're clicking well which, here so which type of asshole seem are like you? an asshole i like you yeah yeah what type of asshole are you <laughs> and at, 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 what do they have to say for you to think oh this is a canadian they're too nice to everybody. Hey, <laughs> just say A once. If you are friends with everyone, you are Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> what? What would be? Uh, this is this is a question I always ask. Um, I always ask our guests. Everyone's had a great response to it, so there's no pressure. Um, you don't want to be what, last. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, and 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 uh, and you've seen a lot of stuff. I mean, you've seen it all. What's the freakiest thing? you've ever seen what your freakiest moment where you you know you looked at a bodybuilding someone training or someone backstage and you just went my fucking god i mean i'll be honest man michael lockett just fucking standing there is just absolutely solid granite it's just <laughs> it's it's unbelievable there's just so much detail and just so much hardness of him just standing there when he poses not much changes like most other bodybuilders, you see them, they look round, and when they pose, then you get that detail and hardness. Him, he's just a fucking statue just standing there. It's, it's just, that's that's probably one of the most mind-blowing things. Yeah, and he's been dieting for like 15 minutes at that point, too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he literally just ate fucking four pizzas and looked like that. <laughs> I remember at the North Americans one year, uh, I was talking to him backstage, because he was in my class, luckily enough for me. Yeah. And, uh... He was. He told me he dieted for like four weeks, yeah. Yeah. and I was just standing there going, "What the fuck am I doing here?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the guy yeah. who dieted for four weeks is definitely beating me, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I've I've been I've been getting ready for that show for four years now straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, over and over repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah he's he's an absolute freak. It's just it's it's unbelievable. But who's there's, the... there's a lot of them in this sport. We got we to ask the usual question, Juan, because I'm, I'm very curious with you. It's <laughs> funny because how you do your social media, I don't think – how do I say this? I don't think people realize that that the hustle that you put into everything. I mean, you know, I knew you when it was just bodybuilding and just training, and it's just, to me, very obviously just went into every part of your life. But what would you say was a moment in your life – this is a question we always ask uh, – they kind of put that into play where you just realize if you worked really fucking hard that things would work out. Cause obviously you've been doing that since I've known you and I've known you for over a decade. So it had to have happened when you were a kid, you know, what, what was that kind of thing with you? I mean, I just, you know, I, I come from a blue collar family. Um, you know, my family were commercial fishermen and they grinded every day out in the seas. And, uh, my dad was a horse trainer and, uh, you know, didn't have any money and just chased his passion. But every single day, you know, the, the horses don't take days off, you know, so you're on the farm every single day grinding it out. 
I had a mother that, you know, had a factory job that she absolutely fucking hated, but she was too afraid to try anything else. And she was selfless and just realized that she had to, you know, provide for me. Um, so, you know, it's just, that's just instilled in my, my family. My fucking grandmother's 84 years old and still goes into this factory to clean floors three days a week because she's just bored. You know, it's just, I, I come from a, I come from that type of family, you know, it's all we know is work. Um, and there's a downfall to that too, you know, when all you know is work and you don't know how to enjoy life a little bit and you don't know how to slow down. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to instill in my life now is just enjoy the ride a little more, enjoy those moments a little more, you mm-hmm. know, step back. If you so. find the secret to that, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> as, uh, as someone who also retired from competition, um, when, at what point do you think you started to see the end coming? You know, some guys don't see it coming. They just suddenly tear a peck or something. But, you know, yeah. I sort of, I sort of, you know, I saw my injuries piling up and I saw things starting to get, you know, a little bit bad. Uh, and then I started realizing, man, I'm almost 40. You know, at what point did you start to go, okay, you know, there is an end date to this nothing but bodybuilding thing? Uh, when I got my investment from my gym because I knew that, uh, you know, my focus needed to turn to that. You know, I, I had this goal of I wanted to do 30 pro shows. Um, you know, it was just, it was just a number that was a, a mark of success for me. So I was I was content going on. You know, the newbie, I was able to stay healthy while I was training. Um, but I got a fucking 10 million dollar investment to open up one of the best places in the world, and my focus needed to be shifted to that. And it's a performance and wellness center. So being 270 pounds, 260 something pounds doesn't sell health and wellness. So I knew that I needed to downsize. I'm in the process of trying to downsize right now. Now I won't get tiny. I'll get to like 230, 5'9", 230 is still fucking pretty big. And, and, be an, and like 5% body fat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I want to be an athlete again. So I wanted to get back to those athletic roots. So really the goal was to, I, I was very disappointed in my last showing in Japan. I just, I fucked up my peak um, and I wanted redemption. So I was going to compete a, a bunch of times this year and hopefully try to get an Arnold invite for next year. And then obviously COVID hit. So all my spring shows got canceled. Uh, and then my wife left me and I just kind of sat back and I was like, listen, I'm like, what are the reasons why she left me? You know, because I'm, I'm too laser focused on everything. I'm too focused on work. I'm too focused on bodybuilding. Um, I'm not enjoying life as much as I should. Um, and bodybuilding just kind of perpetuates those lifestyle habits that I had of just being a fucking hobbit and just blocking everything out. So Mm -hmm. that's when I was like, you know what? Uh, I need to do this for me. You know, as much as I want to compete, I that fucking fire is still inside of me. I, every time I see a show, I'm like, fuck, God damn it. But I know (laughs) that for me to be a happier person in my life, it was time to to step away and, and find better balance in my life. You know, that way I can be receptive to someone else coming into my life and create a better future for me. Every, every time I help a client get his glutes ripped, I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> it sucks, doesn't you know? it? Yeah. I'm thinking, man, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lean. I wonder how much cardio I'd have to do yeah, to get the glutes much, ripped. Like more? I start, you know, I start thinking, oh, man, you know. So just to add in a little bit of stuff, I could probably put on 10 pounds of muscle immediately, you know. So yeah. I'm thinking like. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fresh. My body's fresh. I'm good to go. Hell, you even know, with. Even without drugs, if if Dusty just comes to town for too many days and I eat with him, I'm up to like 275 again by accident. (laughs) You know, and I'm I'm not saying that this is a forever thing. I know just at least for the next couple of years, 
I, I got to focus on this business. I have too much on the line. You know, my best friend just left a fucking 200,000 K a year job to come move in with me and be my GM and gave up an entire future. There's a potential that I'm moving my parents out here and they're going to walk away from everything that they've ever created their entire lives. The same small town to come out here and run the doggy daycare that I'm opening as well, right next to the gym. So I just, I've got too much on the line to, to be distracted by, by bodybuilding, which is my passion to make sure that, that this is a success and for them as well. That's a fantastic idea. Doggy daycare right next to the gym. Yep. Yep. Dusty, <laughs> you've talked about this. Tie yep. it all in, man. Tie it all in. So I, you know, that was, that was my original dream and desire because if you guys knew my, my ex-wife ran a dog rescue and I was like, Hey, you know, we do the gym, we do the dog daycare there. You come to the gym, you drop your dog off to play while you're working out or, you know, we do boarding and everything else. It would help support her rescue. Um, you give her kennel space and all this shit. And that was my original concept, but I never pitched it to my investors. And we came across this location that had two buildings. And in order for us to get adequate parking for the gym, we had to take both buildings. And they're like, well, what do we do with this building? And I'm like, a doggy daycare. They're like, what? <laughs> I showed them all the financials. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, it doesn't increase parking to drop off service. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, <laughs> oh, Jesus, they're like, fuck, we love it, let's do it. So, you know, Those things are just, awesome and, and, too. I, I use them. I mean, I do for like yeah. when my days are really busy. I don't like to leave the dogs in the kennels. They're fine, right. but I'm one of those people yeah. that's like, ah, I don't know if they're fine. So you drop them right. off, and and they, you can patch in, Ron. I mean, I can literally when they're there, I yeah. touch a awesome. button on my phone, and I can see where they are right now. Yeah. Right. So I know they're being taken care of. I know they're good. I'm like, this is badass. Right. <laughs> and it's and it's it's a big money making business. I mean, it's not nearly going to be near the gym, but like, we'll make a million and a half to two million dollars a year off the, off the business, just just that oh, alone. Sure. You it's know, like, so that's that covers all. That's just like renting all the parking spots. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and that, that's, and that's, that's really so. like, right? They're like, hey, they're like, you know, we just need a business that can sustain the lease. You know, pretty much. Though it's not going to cost us money, so they didn't care about them making any money. And for me, like I said, it was, and the crazy part is all this was happening as my wife was leaving me. And I'm like, everything that I fucking sacrificed for is happening. There. And now you're walking away. Like, <laughs> wait a week. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, I'm like, you know, but you can't, you can't dictate someone's happiness. And, and I, I love her to death and I just want her to be happy. There's no, there's, I mean, obviously I'm broken, but there's no hatred or resentment towards her. So, and this gave me an opportunity to get my parents out here. So, you know, bringing my loved ones, my best friends since I was third grade and my parents out here to help create a new life with me. So you're ri rising like a Phoenix from the yes. ash. Yes. <laughs> we got a tattoo to symbolize the moment yet. Um, I, I actually, <laughs> so I have to, I have to, my, so my best friend, funny story. Uh, you guys remember the movie boondock saints? Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they have Equitas and Veritas tattooed on their fingers. So yeah. we were younger and we were like little badasses. We're like, yeah, we're going to get Equitas and Veritas tattooed. So he calls me. He's like, you're going to do this? I'm like, yep. So he gets Veritas tattooed under his arm. And that was literally the same week, week that I got into all the, the fitness modeling stuff. And the agency was like, do not get any more tattoos. I'm like, um, Josh, uh, yeah, I can't get that <laughs> tattoo now. <laughs> Ten years later. So he moves out. He's like, he's like, bitch, you ain't a fucking fitness model anymore. He's like, you're going to get your fucking tattoo. I'm like. Uh, all right, so I'm actually gonna go probably next week and get uh, the Equitas. So I guess that is the the triumphant tattoo. <laughs> oh man, that's an it. awesome story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that's the, the best tattoos have a story behind them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's gonna make that just a fantastic one to talk about. So yeah. Um, I got uh, one question. I know you give us an hour here. I I got uh, 
one question I got to ask at least one prep question because you know you uh you were in shape about what a hundred times how many shows you do total I've done 38 30? shows, I think. 30, 38. 38 shows. Yeah. Dried glutes in 38 of them? <laughs> yes. Maybe 35. <laughs> first couple. Okay. Um, what, 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 what do you think the, 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 you know, what's your number one advice for making sure you're peeled? Like, you were a keto guy for a long time, weren't you? Uh, the keto just later on in my career. You later know, on did, in your career. I, yeah, I did the keto prep for, um, for Japan and just as a lifestyle moving forward, I'm doing keto. Um, number one advice, stop worrying about fucking size. Stop worrying about looking full. I fucking hate that. You have so many bodybuilders. Like there's, there's guys out there and I won't name names that are like, I'd step on stage with. And I'm like, there's no fucking way in hell that I should beat you. Cause you have everything, the structure, the muscle bellies, but you're fat. And all you'd hear them backstage go, Oh man, I'm so flat. Oh, I lost so much. It's like, just fucking diet harder and you win the goddamn show, you know? So it's just, just fucking suffer. Just, just put in the work and fucking suffer. You're, you're going to be flat, you know, yeah. just, just fucking suck it up and deal with it. That's just part of the process. <laughs> I used to t- I always tell people when they come in, they're like, if it's their first show, I said, uh, there's two things I can guarantee you. You're smaller than you think you are and you're fatter than you think you are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, so just let me take care of the latter, and then we'll just see right, what you right. actually have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just get in shape. It's all that matters. Thanks, Brad. We really appreciate it. I, I know you're a super busy guy. Um, what? How long you got to your next appointment? Uh, I got Dexter in about uh, 45 minutes. Um, Mike Tyson is stuck in Vegas today, so I get the day off from him. So, oh, so you got yeah. us instead of Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah. What an yeah. upgrade. What an I'm up- upgrade. Upgrading. I'm upgrading life today, baby. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Wish you all the best. I'm going to send you a message about uh, some of the stuff we talked about. Okay. Get some info from you. All right, you know, Since I got the inside scoop from the head guy. So. All right. <laughs> all right, okay, Brad. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you, man. I truly appreciate it, guys. Have a great one. Cheers. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. Not a bad shirt, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was good to Brad. I knew that he'd only have an hour. Um, you know, he's got places to be. He's doing really well. Oh, he's cranking. I, I love it because one thing I appreciate, and it's I really appreciate because it's different than how I do things is the openness. Like I like to keep the majority. I always kind of tell people the things that probably matter most to me in life. You'll never see, um, or you'll see them very loosely. Um, just because I, I am a fan, not of hiding my life, but of keeping some of it mine, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I think that, um, but that being said, when someone has an instance like that, I think it's really cool because people are, a lot of people struggling with a similar thing. And it's like, man, you know, much like you and I have talked about uh, death and other things, like life keeps moving. So you, you're allowed to be broken. You're allowed to be hurt. You're allowed to be a lot of things, but you're not allowed to stop. Yeah. 
you know, and if anything, his life has gotten busier during this and he's got to squeeze in time to cope. Um, but he's also not someone. And I know that a lot of people, they do the opposite. They try to get busy to avoid looking at it. Right. You know, which, uh, which I've definitely been, uh, been guilty of in my life. It's like, Oh fuck, I'm, things aren't going good. Get ready for a show. That way I can laser beam on this, let the building burn behind me. Right, right. And I just won't look backwards, and we'll be fine until the show's over. And I'm like, fuck, it's still on fire. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I mean, I definitely appreciate uh, his way of going about it because that kind of openness is, I mean, it's ballsy, you know, because you are you open yourself up for, for having to answer questions and things that maybe you're not necessarily ready to do, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely nothing but respect for that. And then obviously I, I can't drive it home enough because people, Brad doesn't put himself out there. Like it's very easy to see somebody working hard in a, in a set and go, Oh, he's a hard worker. Like I've known him forever. And, and like he said, grind is really all he knows. And, the, and that's, that was an issue in his life. But I also think it's one of those things it's hard to turn off because when you love to work, what do you, what do you do? Like it's yeah. hard to stop because it's like, well, that's what I love. <laughs> well, one of the one of the things about hard workers is they work hard, so then they get a reward or they earn something. Mm-hmm. And then it reinforces the hard work. Yep. So then they keep chasing the reward of the hard work, which means they never stop working hard. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> they, could you could you imagine? Because like, they actually get like instead of the vacation being the reward. Getting the work done is a reward. Yeah. And it like, so it just, it just starts rolling. Yeah. I have a, that's why it's funny, but I've talked to a lot of people who are far more successful than me and they have the same problem, which is I go on a vacation and the first day is awesome because I'm not doing anything. And by yeah. day three, I'm starting to bother the people I'm with because I'm like, we should probably do something progressive today. <laughs> so that's, that's exactly how I am. With like, and if you want to test yourself, do a week in Mexico. Right. That's like the ultimate test, and just see what day you start losing your mind on. And <laughs> and it, it it's just different personality types, you know. Some people day seven when they're boarding the bus to go to the airport, they're like, "Fuck, I wish we had another week." Right. Like I could really drink another fucking thirty shots of tequila and fifty beers and eat at the buffet sixty more times. Like, I would fucking love that. And then there's people like me that are like, third day, I'm sitting at the buffet, and I'm looking around, I'm going, this was fucking awesome. Yep. We go. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yep. I'm recharged. Can I go back? (laughs) I'm, like, totally ready to, like, have a normal workout now. The, The little pump session this morning before breakfast was fucking awesome. I was looking at the beach, did some curls, strutted around without my shirt on, fucking holiday but it's day four now can we go home yep (laughs) i just i'm terrible you know so i always have to like if you know we do take a week holiday i always have to like mentally prepare actually i've never taken a week holiday well there you go dusty it's funny but like i've I've, I've threatened to many times Mm. you know but i will I, i will say that i think that's the other thing is if i went somewhere it would be and i do plan on doing some traveling I plan on this year. I actually had made a goal to do two major trips this year. And then, well, we all know what happened. But um, the difference will be is, is I think it's when I go somewhere that I've never been, 
going and seeing and doing will be enough to keep me rolling versus sitting on the beach. Like I can do the beach day for a day and I'll love it. But day two, it's like, all right, show me some crazy shit. Take me to, you know, some wacky thing. I'm never going to get to see again. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So I'll let you know if I call you and I'm like, Ron, I need you to pick me up at the airport. I'm coming to the gym to train. <laughs> yes. yes. Are you on vacation? Not anymore. <laughs> how, how was your weekend? Fucking terrible and awesome all at once. Um, I did my, I moved on Thursday, Thursday. Um, and it's been nonstop since. I was going to comment, you know, we got going on the show pretty quick. I didn't comment on the new wall. So I knew yes. that you'd obviously relocated. And it's a new wall because there's nothing on it yet. Because, of course, you know, what I like to do is things are difficult and you're moving. So sell everything or give it away in my case. Dumbass. And uh, <laughs> get all new stuff and buy all new stuff, which has meant, of course, like I got bar stools. They all came in the wrong size. So I reorder those. The couch comes this day. So and I have no pictures on the wall. So I want something new. Um, so by the 20th, everything I have purchased will be up and I'll be like, okay, we're good. What, what's but, going on the wall? What, you got, you got something for us going on the wall behind you? Yes. There's, you guys have great things to look at on the wall behind me. It's, uh, it, it's matching the motif of, of the place, <laughs> you know, which obviously when I say it like that means I did not select anything that I'm buying. And, uh, <laughs> you paid a designer, didn't you? You said, make my place look fucking cool. Make it, make it look like I know what I'm doing. You make know, it look like I know what I'm doing. Here's a few things I kind of like. Yeah. This is the this is the look that I like now. There's a few pictures of some yeah. other living rooms. Now, now let me I use my of. favorite tool. Here's my credit card number. Right, and right. To work. No, it's yeah. been uh, it's actually been good. And actually, and you know, I've always been a house guy. Or like my condo was a, I call it an American condo. Like I pull out up front, I walk in my place. It felt like a house that I had somebody above me. You know what I mean? Right. This is like your place, and I have to tell you. I fucking love it. So you're in an apartment style. You're in an apartment style condo. Yeah, it's a. I'm. I'm, I. My car is on the third level of of this place, and it's like all it is is it's like it's a it's it's like a hotel. You know what I mean? You got a hallway. You got elevators. Um, and I would have never guessed that I was here for two days. I was like, I don't know if I'll ever leave this lifestyle ever. I just want a taller, bigger one. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah, no. Put, put me on the 40th floor of some crazy place, and and I don't want uh, walls. I want windows. It's about what, it. how tall is the building that you're in? This is small. They're only it's uh, it's only four. Well, it's three stories, but there's a couple. Uh, they call the what are they? What are the ones that are small, like one bedroom style open loft? Oh yeah, they have those as well here. Um, and I looked at those, but for the money, I'm like, it's very small. It's fancy, but not yeah. fancier than this and small. Um, these are awesome. And it's, like I said, I was stunned because literally the second morning I woke up and I'm like, fuck, I really like this lifestyle. I don't know that I'm ever going to buy a house again. (laughs) There's there's some huge benefits. The only thing is you don't have a yard for the dogs, but, but how long does it actually take you to get outside with your dogs? Like here's the crazy thing. So because of the unit that I got, uh, my door is literally six feet from the door that's to the garage and in the garage is a my car right there because i got a spot i bought a spot and then the elevator so i can be the dogs can be pissing in two minutes yeah it's it's easy you know and it's it's so and now that they're trained it's just a different thing here's the best part if there's something wrong with the front door it's not your fucking problem exactly 
There's like, something broken downstairs in the lobby, or the elevator has a button broken or something. You don't have to fix it. Did you uh, Did you see the, the little tour of the gym they have here? It's a fucking gym. My gym oh, has. Oh no, I didn't. Yeah, I put it on my story. It's it's got step mills. It's got squat racks. It's got Smith machines. It's on story, so it's already gone. Probably. I think I put it up oh, yesterday. Damn. But I'll send it to you. It's it's literally. I bet you the gym is five thousand square feet. Nice. Okay. So I have a gym. <laughs> I literally walked in. I was like, okay. So this is if if I was not me, I would not need a gym membership. That's how loaded the gym is. Yeah. Free weights, machines. Like I said, you know, Smith, all that shit. So it's it's pretty sick. I'm like. I can handle this, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely ready. I got Todd coming in on Friday to film again, so we'll be we'll be right in the mix and uh, cooking with Dusty will take place in a new, better kitchen. Damn, I can't wait. The food will still be terrible, but it'll be fun. We 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 actually both had a great weekend. Yours um, will be more work than mine, actually. Mine. So I had one of the craziest weekends I've had in years and years. Um, this whole week was crazy. Uh, so I had a client competing on Saturday out in Moncton on the yep. East coast. She was awesome. Yeah. Um, that, uh, shredded client that I have mm-hmm. Hulk, Hulk blonde. So she's supposed to step on stage at a natural show Saturday morning. I get a call Friday at noon and she's four hours ahead of me. So it's 4 PM her time. Right. And I'm at noon and she goes, Hey, um, they just had a COVID outbreak in Moncton. They're shutting down the entire city at midnight, closing all the non-essential businesses and eliminating all gatherings, ballrooms, bars, restaurants, everything's got to shut full. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, so we have to find a new venue, which they've, they found another hotel across the street. That's going to allow us to do it. And we have to have the show tonight before midnight. <laughs> Whoa. You did not tell me that part. <laughs> And I go, oh, okay. This is so, my first time doing this. Here we go. So it's, and it was a bite. And then she's like, I'll call you back when I find out what's going on. And then she calls me back and it's like, it's like 6 p.m. her time. Right. And she's like, okay, I guess I'm, I guess we're going on stage tonight. They're just hammering it. We moved, we're moving across to another hotel. We're hammering out the show. We have to get, and it's two shows because it was supposed to be two shows, an open show and an Addy show. And they're going to just ram everyone through. I'm not sure if they allowed them to do posing routines. They might have had to eliminate the posing routines and well, just do that. Just just do the initial presentation of each person, you know. Yep. Um, but anyways, they rammed the show through. She won the the Natty overall, and the, she won the Open and the Masters in the Natty show. So she did right. really well. But the craziness was everyone had to pull together, and apparently it was it was just a, a, a apparently it was amazing. I've talked to a few people who were there, and like competitors i mean imagine the panic you haven't taken your isn't you know the natty guys haven't dropped their water enough they're not ready they're yeah, you, know, you just pop a pill the like. open guys the open guys haven't even taken their diuretics half of them yep they barely yeah. like some some people are starved down to make weight they haven't carved up they're like just imagine the chaos yeah. some people i said to her i go well i was very calm i go well you're in shape and you're natty so why don't you just stop drinking yeah, we're good <laughs> and go on stage because like there's nothing you like come on i go you're going on stage in like an hour and a half yeah you, so, 
should should be ready then, really. I mean, because yeah, the so, other thing is that people forget is everyone's in that predicament. It's not like it happened to you and everyone else yeah. knew for three days. Yeah. So apparently everyone came together like people were helping each other out like rivals in the same class were like fixing tans and like, you know what I mean? It was just it was apparently it was apparently really awesome. Like yeah. kind of one of those reminder moments, like if we want to make this happen, we have to all band together. So, you know, my hat goes off to everyone at that show. You know, I don't want to start naming who I think was in charge of shit, but uh, apparently it was really something else. And then we had two shows in two days. We had the West Coast Iron Van City Showdown Natural on Saturday and the Open on Sunday. <laughs> so we were co-promoters of a show. It was actually... Uh, um, influential sports who promoted it, but we're like the co-promoters and, you know, we helped run the show. So it was a, a, a great event. And I did the online commentary because I normally would MC the night shows. Right. Right. So, um, we did the online commentary for the whole show. So, you know, we ran it in the format where there was only one show. You just, we bring the classes in because of COVID we bring the classes in one at a time. So right. we had a staging tent outside staging in the lobby and uh, only 50 people were allowed inside the building. So we had 25 volunteers and 25 athletes. So we would get a staging, the staging tent would have a, a class waiting in it or a group mm -hmm. of people waiting in it. Like maybe the body, the physique guys, classic physique guys or physique guys were all waiting in the tent and the men's bodybuilders were in the lobby and we would run right. them through their classes. And then when they were done, they would leave and the next guys would come in. Cause it, so it was very COVID regulated. We had to follow all the rules and be very strict. And it, it went amazingly well. We had, we just, we got everything done, you know? And I commentated for seven and a half hours on Saturday and about six hours on Sunday. And the crazy <laughs> thing is we had to commentate because we didn't want YouTube to pick up the copyright music. Right. So every 30 seconds, you know, YouTube bots will nab things they remember, they recognize. So we had to like Just chatter. Say something. Yeah. And, you know, the head judge is also talking on the microphone. So that sound is booming through the auditorium. So that was helping out a lot, too. Um, right. But our, our commentary was just going out over the live feed. So people in the theater couldn't hear us. We were just chatting to like the online viewers. Right. And um, and the pay-per-view went extremely well. It helped us out a lot because we just assumed we were going to take a big loss just to kind of market, have the show write it off as a marketing loss, you know. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but um, the pay-per-view went really well. So we'll see how we do. But just craziness. And everyone got on stage and I had six guys in the open. And they they all did really well, and it was you know it was it was crazy show. So you had uh, you had your your client. She did fantastic. She just looked awesome. And, yeah, she was uh, fun. It was funny because uh, I texted you finally and said, "How's she doing?" And the reason was she remind she's never competed before. Yeah, you know, and she reminded me of me because she was fine. And I'm like, she doesn't seem stressed. She's not asking a bunch of questions. Okay, she's either me and just rolls or I need to know what the fuck's going on. So I finally text you and you're like, she's, she's killing it. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Because yeah. literally I would say, Oh, do this. And at one point her text messages weren't coming through to me for some reason. So it was like a 20 minute gap where I got nothing. And, oh, yeah, all I, and then all of a sudden I answered and she's like, okay. And I'm like, Whew, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, thank it, God. You know? And then obviously awesome. she won. So that was a, a hell of a, a start. And now it's, Time to see what uh, 
it's fun when you work with someone like that because of course the immediate thing is now it's like well that was just prepping you down from what you already were yeah yeah now you can create something should you choose to you know what i mean it was another uh, like the show had the same vibe as the one I was talking about. It was just everyone helping each other out, you know, you know, when, when there's, you know, it was when you take the the class and you hoard them in a tent and you hold them and then you hold them in the lobby and then you hold them down the aisle and then they just you wind up just kind of all chatting. And, you know, yeah. how it used to be at the earlier shows, you know, yeah. it was a good, good time. So it was uh, it went really well. But, man, I was like both nights I after talking like holding the mic and talking for seven hours, I would finish and I would just be deliriously like wide awake. (laughs) Like I couldn't stop talking and come home and just start blabbering about the show. And Emily's like, holy shit. Like your brain just gets, Hey, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. And then I would crash. Just boom. Yeah. Like last night I slept 11 hours. Holy shit. Yeah. I was fucked up, man. Because I didn't sleep between shows, really. Only had five hours sleep the Saturday night because all my guys were Sunday. So I had to get up super early and like, you know, that's that's the best and the worst. You're you're on your game because so much is going. But, you know, I'll take my one client. She's actually like, I have to be up at six. I'm like, oh, six. I'll have been up for hours. (laughs) (laughs) you know, so beautiful. But, yeah, no, it it was sounds like it was a solid weekend. And, you know, my hope is that uh, when this is all over that those of us who have been on both sides of it go, man, we were pretty lucky the way it used to be. So when we get it back, we should uh, absorb it a little bit better. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. the things that you would bitch about in your earlier part of your career, as far as how things go, like I, one thing I love about doing the shows is the support your friends and family have. You know, I mean, I, I, I think the first year I did the, uh, the uh, USA is like 52 people came from Arizona to watch. I can't imagine. Oh, yeah, no one's allowed. Yeah. You know, I saw Christina hey. had, a, had tagged a few people that were so cool. They got the live stream but still sat in their car so that they could be there when she came out. Yeah. Sat I'm like, in their That's car on their phone badass. They watched their it. shit and then made sure that that way when she walked out the door, they were there versus being at home. So it made it like, yeah, we're still here for you. We're just in the parking lot. There was a lot of that. There was That's a lot so of people. sick. Hanging that tells out you who your friends are. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I remember my first show. I didn't even realize. I just knew like a couple guys were driving down because it was like a five-hour drive to my right. first show. And I knew a couple of my buddies were coming because they came to the hotel room and saw me and stuff. But then when I got to the night show, there was like this van of guys from the gym that drove down. Like a like a big old football van, you know, that yeah. has like fucking eight guys. And they all like did a big drive down that morning to see Ronnie, you know? So I I come, I come off stage at the night show and there's like this big group of guys from the gym. I was like, Holy fuck. You know, it was awesome. You know, it's like that, that whole, that, that whole part of it is just such a huge, huge thing. It was weird. It was felt like we had a private show. Like I was sitting there with uh, Scott Welch, who's an, an industry insider for like 30 years. He's sitting beside me doing the commentary with me. And we just felt like we had this private show. It was just you, you know? guys and, and those who were ushering people down to the stage. Yeah, the judges <laughs> the were judges. in front of us, some lights on us, a couple of photographers. There's only 25 volunteers, right? So, you know, total, like from the front door all the way through to us sitting there, there's 25 people running the whole thing. You know, Emily was there on the side of the stage helping the bikini girls down the stairs and, you know, all that sort of shit. And yep. and uh, it was it was it was really awesome. But, yeah, we 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 need to appreciate the fact that, you know, 
we got it back. And also we were all really proud that like that was the first event that's been held there since COVID. Right. right. No one else could pull it off. Like there's right. no opera. There's no, there's no plays being held. Right. You know what I mean? But body, it took bodybuilders to like make an event happen that they could actually <laughs> fucking pull off. You know, we're a resourceful, yeah. resourceful crew of people. <laughs> we fucking need it. We need our fix. <laughs> so I got, a, I got a couple questions here for you and me. Okay. Uh, first of all, you know me. I got to bring this up. We lost Eddie Van Halen this week. Yes. Did you have any Van Halen in your life? I know you played hockey. I mean, yeah, obviously, <laughs> in, in, in ways, but I think truthfully, not to the depth that you did. And I think it's just based purely on the short age gap between us was just enough. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. You know, I, I, I was I'm just old enough that I got some David Lee Roth Van Halen. Yep. In, in my youth. And I think that most Van Halen fans came into the band during the, the Roth years from like 76 to 84. Right. And, um, you know, with all the kind of like the what we think of like Panama and Hot for Teacher and Jump and fucking Unchained and all the, you know, and then the, obviously the, you know, uh, Girl, You Really Got Me Now and like all the early stuff, you know, with David Lee Roth. But um, it's funny. I've been going back and kind of watching because, you know, one of the things about live concert footage is our cameras and audio equipment are way better now. Yeah. So, like, you go back and watch, like, concert footage of Roth in the late 70s, early 80s, and it's it's not that great because it's, like, the cameras the camera and the sucks. sound. Yeah. And, you know, plus Roth was never really that great live. He was more of a showman than a singer. Right. Great front man, but not yeah, really. They, the, they used to choose back then. It was like, are you going to put on a show or are you going to sing? Yeah, you know, Roth <laughs> would kind of miss words and, you know, huff and puff, and he's more about being a showman. Um but I started watching some of the Sammy Hagar stuff because, you know, into the late 80s, early 90s, concert footage looks way fucking better. Right. Like it starts getting good. You know, they're fucking, you know, digital sound comes in. It's like all of a sudden it's like just way better to watch. But the watching some Hagar footage and I, I, I didn't really like Hagar at the time. I was like, oh, that's not David Lee Roth, you know. Right. But, but I look back and I'm like, there's some amazing concert footage of Van Halen live with, ha with Hagar. He was a way he was an awesome live singer. Right. And 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 just watching Eddie play like he was so fucking amazing. I was never a massive Van Halen fan. Like I bought several of their albums. Right. I saw them live. But when people ask me to list my 10 favorite bands, I, I don't list Van Halen. They're, they weren't one of my favorites. But Eddie was I always thought like if I was flipping the channel and a Van Halen video came on, I would stop to watch Eddie solo. Like right. I gotta watch this guy's fingers fucking move, you know, and he'd be doing right. all the tapping and the crazy harmonics, and he's just such an an innovator. And uh, so yeah, just it also like sixty five. <laughs> like I'm forty five this week, motherfucker. Yeah, that's only twenty more years, you know. An interesting thing I read was he he died of throat cancer. Right. So you know every single video footage that you'll see has a cigarette sticking out of the strings of his guitar. Right. He's pulling it out while he's playing a solo with one hand and putting it back in the end. And, you know, like he's right. So you, obviously the smoking thing is, you know, yeah, played a role, but uh, I read an interesting interview with him. He actually had a third of his tongue removed like eight years ago. Cause mm -hmm. the, that's where the cancer started. Right. And I guess the spot on his tongue that had, 
started the cancer was the exact spot because he used to play with a copper pick. He'd put the copper pick. And he put the copper pick in his mouth all the time when he was doing his finger work. Right. And he would hold it in his mouth between songs when they were in the studio. And when he was at home, he would put his copper, copper pick in his mouth and he would, you know, finger pick for hours just practicing and forget he had his pick in his mouth. Right. So I was like, wow, that's kind of freaky. Right. <laughs> you know, here I've got, we've got our cell phones in our pockets right next to our nuts. <laughs> well, where they used to be. <clears throat> the nuts, I mean. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> Make sure you're not drinking out of a copper cup. Yeah, well, only when I'm having my mo- my uh, Moscow Mule, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So that happened this week. So I was, you know, started to think, ah, fuck. You know, how we're we're at that age, Dusty. Your heroes start dying. Yeah, it's, I'm grateful that I'm my own hero, so I won't be there when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> No, it is. It is crazy, though. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, not to delve into, but it's kind of like when Kobe died. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, that can't happen. Like any of them. And it's the same. Like there's there's they're supposed to live forever in your brain. because It just doesn't seem optional. You know, especially like you said 65, dude. It's young. It's yeah. Young. <laughs> Did you but, see Evan Santopani's post? Yes, I was just so, I, that was that was his post was like. Stole the picture from me. He saw the picture. He goes, I like this picture. I'm going to steal it. And he used the same picture, but he wrote like an awesome post. Yeah, no, it was. It was amazing. If you haven't read that, I suggest everyone go go to Evan Santopani's uh, Instagram and and read his Eddie Van Halen post because it wasn't really about Eddie. It was. I really liked what Evan was saying, though. No, I mean, it's very Evan. Like when you read it, it's, you know, Evan, it's funny, but in a different way. Evan articulates himself in a way that if you said, okay, these are five Instagram posts uh, on the same subject, which one's Evan Santapani, I would know. Yeah. You know, same with like Dante Trudell. He's the same way. I know what, I know his writing, you know? I, I don't want to use the word politics because Evan didn't inject politics in it, but he injected some very true life philosophy mm-hmm. that I really thought was sort of suitable for today for sure you know moment and for the life for the moment yeah it was it was uh he's right though you know um so much emphasis on on you know how he how he worded eddie didn't set out to you know give give the world he wasn't trying to save the world he wasn't trying he just loved to play yeah. And by just focusing on making himself happy and, in, in essence, minding his own business, yep. focusing on his own shit, right? Yeah, we got a gift. We we get the gift. Yep. And uh, it makes you think about all the people who aren't focusing on their own shit. Yep. Meddling in other people's shit. <laughs> judging other people by what they're doing, not doing anything themselves. Yep. You know, it really had a lot to say that he didn't say. All the yeah. stuff that Evan wrote, what he didn't write was like also very like it was. I fucking loved it. Yeah, no, it I like, agree. It's my post of the week. <laughs> we have a post of the week now. Like, I think we might open this up now. It no, but good. it's very true. Like I, I looked at that, uh, you know, when I was a kid and my, my mother didn't like if I flip people off. Um, I would always put up three fingers 
and tell people to read between the lines. Oh yeah. And that the lines. Yeah, and that's what Evan was doing also. I mean, he was actually making a statement, but that's also half a shocker. Plenty. <laughs> Love it. Freaking gold. Um we had I, I, I had another few things we had to talk about. What the fuck? Where was my list? You might want to talk about James winning the uh That was the next thing. There we go. I forgot yes. to turn my screen lock on. So yes, we had the Euro Pro. Hollings head goes to the Olympia. Yes, well, and Hollingshead, uh, the top three. So it was Hollingshead, Lucas, and uh, Oh, I Raff. didn't know they sent the top three. Yep, all three. When, when did they announce they were doing that? A while ago, yeah. So oh, all three know. of them are going. Yep. Is that just because we missed so many shows? So they were like, No, I think they bumped the tier of that show up. I mean, it might have been why, but yeah. So the top three all went. And then now Regan, I believe, is in the lead for points as well. But I think he's going to go to Chicago and uh, finalize that. Yeah. What did you think of the guys? I mean, I thought it was a fucking fantastic yeah, show. Everyone was awesome. I mean, shit, you you ran into the six, six seven spots. The guys were still awesome. Um, what I loved, which is so fitting, was uh, like, you know, when a lot of people, I hate to say this, but oftentimes people will take something like Luke's death. And you can tell that it's uh, they're twisting it for them for their own gain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, James had said from the beginning that he was grinding this thing down with only one goal in mind. That was winning. All the way down, I remember I was watching a, a show and uh, they said, "Yeah, it looks like uh, looks like Rami's uh, jumping in as well." He goes, "Cool, he can get second. Um, <laughs> I mean, he had no intention, and not arrogance. I mean, I, I really feel that James is a rebirth mentally of Dorian. Like, there's no holes, there's no mistakes." Everything is 110%. He cannot work harder. He cannot work more efficiently. He can't. He is a bodybuilder's bodybuilder. And the biggest thing is he believes in himself now. He used to be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm one of the guys that's kind of in. Yep. He knows now that he's on another level. And um, so when he walked out, I don't know if you saw the video, but when he walked out for his routine, he actually brought Luke's shirt with him. And then he started his routine the way Luke starts his. Down um, fist, right? Yeah. And, and did yeah. that whole thing, which was sick. Um, but the thing is, is if you know James, which I think most people do now, um, it's all straight from the heart. Like it's, I could see him doing his cardio and doing his shit and remembering, okay, this isn't just for me now. So very Hollywood ending for it to work. Yeah. Um, I was actually texting back and forth with his girl before he won. And I was just, you know, I just told her like, Hey, congrats. This is unreal. And she's like, ah, fingers crossed, whatever. And and uh, then two seconds later, they announced the win, and she was just, you know, because she's not even living there right now. She's working, so she moved away to work. It's like for them to win is just two really badass, like I call them, like you know, it's funny, but they're they're like the blue collar Americans that are that are not American, <laughs> like yeah. you know, uh, getting it done. So it was awesome to see. And then down the line, I mean, everyone looked so good. Regan could have won. A lot of shows this year with the sh- with the with the physique that took him to fourth in this show. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, to imagine that, Bra- that Brando, that Brando looked fucking yeah. great. Like, yep. how does that you physique know. not win a show? You know, if you showed me that guy's physique and said he's competing today, I would just be like, who can beat him? Like, fuck. It was funny. I gave. Uh, I had some clients because I somebody asked me who I saw the top three being, and 
I don't really pay. I don't do a lot of scrolling on Instagram. I don't really have a ton of time. So I, no, um, I almost prefer it that way. Then when I see the results, I'm like, oh fuck, you know? Yeah. So guys. I said, said, I said, I said, uh, Raf, um, James and, uh, and, uh, Rami. And I had a bunch of people say, well, Rami got uh, COVID. And my answer was, well, based on how he looked, I would have gotten COVID when I saw James too. <laughs> because, you know, and, and maybe that's a low blow and maybe it's not accurate, but, uh, no, you know, no. It was it was definitely the same old story of hey, he's not 100%. And I'm like, well, then he's then if he's not 100%, he's not beating these guys because I had seen them already. And I'm like, you're not good enough to beat them at 80% because I really love what I love is the changing of the guard is starting to happen. And these guys that are the young guns are coming in and they're they're not here to 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 take part. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> like it's kind of like we're here to win. We're here to beat you and send you all on your way. And I love seeing that because now it's going to bring out a, an even deeper thing with the with the vets. I think we're going to see the Olympia at a high level this year. It would be crazy. I, I know what you mean about the changing of the guard because, I mean, it, it's it's been happening for a little while, but there's about to be a big – It's a tip I mean, right now. It's a tipping there's point. a tipping point, yeah. And it's, and it's just natural cycle of things like – the fact that Dexter's still around is mind-boggling. Like, right. He's like, as soon as Dexter goes, it'll be like the plug out of the tub. Yeah. And there'll be like 30 guys retire. Yep. And there'll be this new flood. You know, and that's just how it kind of feels. But, but it's but nice I, to see the new guys. It's not like they're waiting so then when they leave, they can become the top guys. They're pushing no, guys out. Pushing guys out, yeah. Uh, which is just how it goes. I mean, yeah. That's just how it goes, you know? I mean, everyone, the greatest of the great, they, they see, oh, it's my time now. Yep. And I, I, when I, when I saw that James won, I, when you mentioned Dorian, mm -hmm. I think of that famous line, meet the new boss, same as right. the old boss. <laughs> <laughs> and that's True. what I thought. I, I looked at that picture of James holding his trophy that he, that, got put up you know his mm -hmm. mask on his chin there yes they're on stage and i just thought meet the new boss same as the old boss yep. it's, like, it's just like we got another we got another uk guy who's who's not stopping no 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 i think it's going to be really fun um to think of where he'll be in two years oh i mean how where he's gonna be in 10 weeks but in two years it'll be frightening you know um, cause it's all, it's all in the right place mentally. And that's what I love too, is we are starting to get that group of guys who are vocal and I'm kind of hoping it drizzles down into the bodybuilders down below where we stop with the looking for the easy way, because it's cool to follow James now. And James I is love a it. hardcore motherfucker. You know what other, there's several <laughs> things I love about James that have nothing to do with bodybuilding. He doesn't have a tan, which he's not always shaved. Too. <laughs> all these likes <laughs> he wears lumberjack clothes you know these are all really good these are all good things dusty we should celebrate all three of them <laughs> you know it's funny I mean, I, and i say this because it's the opposite but I, I love somebody who has no interest in being cool yeah that's what i mean that's that's you know because games. because that and, if, and that is in essence what makes someone cool when you get older you're like oh you don't give a fuck that's badass. <laughs> like, you know, and, and I dig that because I, I do. I think you're seeing more and more guys start to follow and be like, now it's like, I don't want the easy way. 
I, I want to yeah. grind like that. I want to train like that. I want to suffer like that. You Oops, know, I love so. when he talks about dieting. He's like, what the fuck? You cheat? What? Yeah. Like it, it, it's, you could see that he wouldn't even understand how that would happen. Yeah. You know, so yeah, no, I got nothing but respect. Were you awake? Yeah, yeah. What happened? Someone Are held you in you control down? of yourself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, very yeah, there's, fitting. There, there's absolutely no bullshit. Mm -mm. Which is which drives that you know, and and whether it's true or not, it's funny because I have a client from the UK, and I said, man, I'm I'm envious because you guys are. I said, you guys are so hardcore, and he's like, nah, it's the same as there. You're right. just seeing the six that are. Well, so here, here, this isn't a bad thing. I think this maybe is what bodybuilding needs. So Dorian Yates had a great sense of humor. Mm -hmm. He was a dry, joked, cracking motherfucker, right? Right. And you talk to, I mean, anyone that knows Dorian on any level, he's he's a funny dude. Like he'll, but you know, this face doesn't change. Yep. You know, is that that dry British humor? But of course, that didn't come across in the magazine days. Yeah. You just saw him training, you saw him speaking, you saw the interviews before the Olympia on the VHS tapes yep. and the DVDs, and he just seemed like he was always fucking serious, like a yeah. stone-cold killer. Yep. So that that fed in to the perception of him by oh, guys sure. like me. Yep. And that made us more motivated to be serious. Right. And also it confirmed and it validated our seriousness. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, w I was, you know, you know, I remember just being the kid that was going fucking berserk in the gym. And I would just, it would just reinforce it. Well, this is how Dorian did it. This is how he is. Right. He lives like this. It is fucking on. Right. You know? And so even though Dorian had a great sense of humor and he's a funny guy and he's a normal dude and he had kids and he bounced them on his knee and he fucking... Yeah. Kissed his wife and fucking yeah. stirred the craft dinner like everyone else. We didn't see that side of him. Right. But it almost made my generation better because we didn't know about it. Right. Like it made us really fucking aggro. And maybe in today's era of sort of everything being easy, it's not a bad thing for there to be a perception that might not be accurate, but that's what, let's say James gives off that vibe maybe that's just a good thing right that'll that the gen the generation of bodybuilders that are following him you know i could have been a flex wheeler fan right just as easily as i could have been a dorian fan and that probably would have changed how i trained oh sure it probably would have changed would have changed how i acted and felt and thought about training and thought about what was important and so i love the fact that james has all these fans following him because yep. i'm like that's what's gonna bring us the next yeah. The next James. You don't want that breed to die. <laughs> no, I know. You know, Fuad shirt, the dying breed. This is yep. like, I'm glad he won that show. Yep. Yeah, I think a lot of people. It's it's nice when you when you do you have that the as cheated as the Hollywood anywhere. I think a lot of people. I I think I think guys that were competing with him were glad he won that show. If it's not going to be me, we're glad it's him. Right. It's yeah. It's funny. He is you know. easy to root for, for the, the guys that came from my generation. Hollingshead's very easy to root for. Yep. You know? So, yeah, man. Great, great week. Great show. Um, thanks again for everything, Dusty. I'm glad you like your new spot. Yes, for sure. We'll, uh, we'll be blasting the videos out. So, Oof. how many, how many bedrooms you got there? Same as always, two. I just okay. need one for me and one for Todd. 
Right. Went for the guests. Yeah. It's funny because they were like, oh, and how many guest spots? You're like, oh, I don't really like people. So. Yeah. The spare room is just for storage, actually. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> nobody, nobody comes here. I keep <laughs> I keep my bike and have my podcast in my spare room. <laughs> I you joke wanna... I'm like, Todd, that's your room. Do you want anything specific on the wall or just do what I want? <laughs> if you want to come over, Dusty, we have a futon you can sleep on, but you have to make sure that you uh, don't knock my bike over. Yeah, I'm not knocking over that baby. I'm just kidding. I, I, you know what I got? I got a wall rack coming for it. It's getting. It's, is it going to the living room? <laughs> no, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't get that approved. You tried. You went for yeah. it though. I got to put it up on the wall when I'm not using it, so it's out of the way. And being a very courteous, very courteous houseman. But you also got to keep in mind. I mean, that thing's that your views come from that bike now. Nobody gives a shit about you squatting. No, no, I want it on the wall behind me, right about here. <laughs> I fucking love it. Just at least a tire. I just want to see a tire. Yeah, I just want a hint. You know? Just so the viewers yeah. at home are like, is he got a bike on his wall? Why, yes, I do. Yeah, is that just the tip? Wait a minute. What's going on here? Just How tip. much more is there? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Show me all you have to offer. Oh, geez. Okay, we should go. <laughs> okay, Dusty. Thanks, man. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe, comment. Hit the bell to get the notifications. It's just bodybuilding.